just time out with Nigel and Christoph, the podcast. All right. Thank you for uh, tuning in. We've been away for three weeks and here we are. How are you doing, Christoph? That was a big game you guys won last night. Congratulations once again. Yeah, hello. Hello, Nigel. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. The win was actually great and, uh, well, it's already a few days ago, so... Oh, yeah, that was Friday. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's okay. I'm doing well. Okay. So today um, we have a special uh, episode, so to speak, right? Today we're going to be joined by, uh, by Brian Carroll and Bob Hammond, and we're going to talk about, or we're going to make our votes on who are our, what, uh, mid-season yeah. awards, so to speak. Yeah. So first team, second team, and third team, correct? Yes. All right. So just to make sure you don't get a vote on this one, you got to be more of a moderator. Yeah. So it's right. my, my, my turn today to, to ask the questions. And uh, having three, three experts here uh, to vote and, and see who are currently the, the, the mid-season teams uh, of the Total League uh, for the men's. All right. So let's bring in our guests for today. We have... So you're going to join us in. To join in. Okay, there you go. All right, so we have Coach Brian Carroll, our resident analyst, and we also have Bob, Bob Hammond, um, our um, jor- journalist uh, expert also in, um, in, the, in the Total League. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Happy Easter, everybody. Hello. Hello, Bob. I'm doing great as well. Happy Easter. All right, Christoph, you want to make some introductions here? Uh, yeah. Like, what? what Things you know, what 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 can they expect from from tonight's show? Yeah, so so today we we gonna we gonna discuss who are currently the the, the best players in, in the Total League of the first part of the season. Um, so we decided to go in a similar format than they do in in the NBA. So we have a first team, second team, third team, and um, our our experts here are free to to vote for for whoever they want. We just have one rule, it's maximum two non-jiggles per team. So uh, for the rest, we, we follow more or less the, the positions on, on the court that we don't have one team with five centers or whatever. Um, but uh, as in the modern game, positionless basketball, so uh, we, we, can, we can vote for, for whoever you want. So um, yeah, I think we, we start immediately uh, to, to yeah. make, uh, make the first round. So um, for our first team, uh, let's start with Coach Brian. Brian, do you have any locks for your first team? Uh, I think for me, uh, Philip Guttenkauf and Frank Mueller uh, both have proven themselves to be at the best in their position with the non-JICR I mean, the JICR players with Luxembourg. So I think that they've um, established themselves as the best playmakers and, and, and best inside players um, to start the season. And then after that, you can throw it up in the air for um, the other players that you want to be able to put in there. Um, my choice at the two position is Mike Feipel. Um, he's a young player. He doesn't get a whole lot of um, publicity for what he's doing because he's playing on a team that's at the bottom of the league. Uh, but I think that averaging close to 17 points a game, close to eight rebounds, um, he's really proven himself to be um, really an elite young player at age 20. Um, that's best days are certainly in front of him. And um, for the Americans, I look at your guy, Dwayne Johnson, and La Rochette is, is, is playing extremely well, um, leading that group, not only 
um, in this, most of the statistical categories, but just leading them as a, a presence to believe no matter who you're playing against, no matter where you're playing, that you got the opportunity to win. And he's been um, exceptional all around, rebounding one of the top at 11 a game, averaging close to 23 points a game, leading one of the top leaders in steals, um, willing to share the ball and giving guys like DJ Wilson and Dylan um, and Malik Wilson all the credit and, and giving them an opportunity to really showcase their skill set. So he's on my list as a first team player, along with Henry Cuono from Excella, who's one of the top scorers in the league and on a team that's in second place at the moment, tied for um, first, but without the tiebreaker with Balkan on. Um, he's been exceptional to start the season, averaging um, 24 points and 12 rebounds and three assists. Um, he's showcased himself as a top level guy. So that's my first team to start off with. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Brian. Um, Bob, how do you see that? Do, do you have some say, the same players or do you have other players in your list? Yeah, I have the same Giro players actually. So I also go with uh, Philip Gutenkopf and Frank Mueller as a luck because I think it's pretty, pretty clear that those two guys are the best players so far. Uh, speaking of Giro players, if you look at Gutenkopf's numbers, uh, he's a leading scorer. Uh, leads in the assists as well, so uh, Heller is, is having a good season, even if they had some, some problems, I think it's, it's because of him. If you look at the, the games they lost, um, he had bad days, so I think it's pretty clear that he's, he's their key player uh, for, for Frank Müller as well. Uh, I think it's really impressive uh, seeing what he's doing uh, in his last season, how he's dominant in, in a lot of games, um, and it looks like he could play forever, even if he has injuries, he's really, really good. Um, I think the third spot for Zickel for was a little tough, but I also uh, went with, uh, with Mike Feibel, just uh, seeing how, what he does uh, at his young age. Um, uh, I think he deserves a spot on that team. His numbers at the age of 20 are pretty impressive. He's the second best scorer, also uh, in the top five in rebounds, so that's really impressive. Um, with the non-jickle, I went with uh, two different guys. So I took uh, Miles Jackson uh, Cartwright from Basket Ash, because not only his numbers, but also like he, he's a floor general, like how he uh, controls the game. I think it's uh, exceptional. And he's the type of player I would like to have on my team when things are getting serious. So for me, he's, he's one of the best pros in the league. And uh, as a second pro, I took uh, Steve Harris of uh, Dirtlanche because uh, I think for me right now, he's the best player in the Total League, even if his numbers probably aren't. I mean, they're good. He's the second best scorer, I think. Rebounds is top 10 as well. Um, but I just think if you see him play, for me, he's a guy that can turn it on every moment. He looks unstoppable then. He's quicker than Clancy, and he's also a good remodeler. So that's why I want to put him as, as a big on that team. Okay, um, so we have here already uh, three players for the for the Jiggle players who, who we can consider more or less a lock. I think, Nigel, uh, on your side, your choice is not that much different, at least for the Jiggle players. Am I right? Yeah, uh, definitely. First of all, my uh, my first vote goes to uh, Frank Mueller, like uh, you know, like Bob said, for for his longevity and for for the fact that he's been averaging and he's been doing the same things over and over and over again, and no one seems to be able to stop Frank, you know. Uh, he deserves that, that top spot, and I, I understand he's also um, number one in terms of the MVP race in, you know, for the FLBB site. Um, my second choice is also, yeah, like everybody else, um, Philip Gutenkoff. That 
the guy has just blossomed and the guy has just, well, like Coach Brian mentioned the uh, two, three episodes previous, um, you know, Sticky has always been that way. His, his love for the game has always been evident and he's always shown that he can deliver in big moments. But this year has really been, an, been an, uh, for me, an elite performance from Sticky and not just in terms of the domestic league, but also um, you know, abroad. And he's able to get all these things that he made, the experiences that he's had in, uh, in the bubble tournaments and bring it to the total league. My third spot also goes to Mike Fipe, like both of you guys. I mean, that kid, Coach Brian, you had him at 17 when, uh, in Bostraj, and you, you saw that potential in that guy. And, you know, he's been, I, I think you said it best, he was able to understand and realize just how good he can actually be. So in that respect, I think that Sparta's experiment for now, to me, works in, um, works because of how Mike has been able to unlock his potential for this season. Um, my non yeah, maybe, maybe maybe before we get to the to the non jacob spots, maybe maybe talk a little bit more about Mike about Mike Piper because he's like one of the the younger players here in this group, and uh, uh, some people always tell me like, okay, the total league is still dominated by by the veterans, but mm. there are some some young players coming up, and and as you mentioned, Brian, Coach Brian, uh, you coached Mike. Can you tell us a little bit more about him and, and what we can expect from him also in the future? Well, the thing about Mike is that he can affect the game in a whole lot of different ways. Um, when I had him, he was a first-year caddy, um, and he was the best JICL player on my team at age 16 when I was in Boston. He had games where he blocked five shots a game, had double-figure rebounds um, at 16, and then he was he was shooting the lights out at that particular time from the three-point line. So. Um, there, me, there was a conversation of who was the best player in his age group, a young player between him and, and Ben Kovac. And I thought that his ceiling was higher than Ben Kovac at that particular time because of his length and his ability to shoot the ball and his ability to, um, to really defend a lot of different positions. It's, it's taken him a while to get to the point where he felt confident enough to do the different things that he's doing right now. But um, if he continues to ascend in a certain way, he could be another person that we're talking about leaving Luxembourg and potentially playing professional somewhere else. He has that type of ability just as long as he remains confident in his, in his total game and that he is not afraid to go after that game when it comes to shooting the ball the way that he's capable of shooting and wanting to take responsibility in big moments. I agree. I mean, um, I've, saw, I've seen both Ben and Mike in the same team in the under-20s in Portugal. We also had uh, yeah, Ludemuth in, in that team, right? Um, but watching the, that team perform there – even if it wasn't a very successful performance for, for as a group, um, you can see that yeah, Ben was was Ben. Ben was being Ben, but you can also see that Mike was just there. Like he was consistent. He knew he was going to get hit into the spots where he was supposed to get to and take the shots that he was supposed to take. And just seeing him being able to flourish at this year, um, that that you know, I'm happy. I'm really happy for the guy. You know, he's young. He's like Coach said. He has a great. He has a higher ceiling. And yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if uh, you know, other teams outside of Luxembourg, outside of the domestic league, um, come knocking. You know, good for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think speaking about his size, that um, his size with his skill set is, is pretty unique for, for Luxembourg. So he's probably like the the unicorn of the total league because the KD. <laughs> yeah, because. Because, yeah, you don't see that. Uh, most big guys, like, like you know, if you uh, two meters, you play inside and you're inside player in Luxembourg. 
for him it's a different thing. So that's what I think. It's pretty interesting, and I really um, he's probably the guy I, I'd like to pick to to see how good he can be in five years from now. Yeah, yeah. If I had a first pick in the, of all the people in Luxembourg, I would probably pick him. If somebody give me a draft of who you would want for the next five to build years to, to build your guy, franchise he, in in the total league at the moment, he would probably be my guy. Mm -hmm. Well. That's, okay. that's kind of a praise for, for, for Mike. And uh, well, let, let's see then, uh, Nigel, on, on your side, who do you have for the, for the non-jiggle positions in your, in your first team? This stuff, um, non-jiggle positions, I have LaQuincy Redu from, uh, from Walford. You know, he's a great floor. Uh, he's there, for me, looking at that Walford team, he makes a huge difference from what, how they were last season compared to now. Basically, it's the same team, even with Xavier. But LaQuincy Redu has been shooting really well. He's been, he's been scoring. He's been doing a lot of things for Coach Krebs' team. And even, you know, Coach Krebs, when he came on this show, he was, you know, he was talking him up. And at, the, at that point, I was like, okay, I got to see this guy. And, you know, he really delivered. I mean, as advertised, in my opinion. And my second non-JICL, I have to go with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, man. I mean, uh, that you know, he's been stuffing the stat sheet. He's been doing everything for you. I feel like he, you know he he does a lot of the little things defensively, and um, the things that are not seen in the stats, but you can see when you watch the game. He's 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 a difference maker in my opinion, and I think he has what twenty twenty three twenty four points a game and about two steals, so two steals per game, one block shot. So I mean, he he's everywhere on the floor for you. I, I like I like I like that. He's not yeah. scared to make it up. Right, Ben Johnson, twenty-three point three points, eleven point zero rebounds per game, uh, two point eight steals per game. Yeah, that's, that's two point eight steals, Coach Brian. Like, yeah. how tough is that to do? Two point eight steals. It, it all depends. If you looking for steals, it's not so much different. If you're not really playing defense. Okay, yeah. It's not that difficult, as difficult as it could be. But in his case, he's playing real defense and he's getting the steals. So he's keeping his man in front of him and he's able to get deflections and and, and take the ball from people too. So that's what makes it really impressive. Because I've been around other people who were searching for steals, and that can sometimes kill your defense when they don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. So so for, for our first team, I think we have we have four guys. But we need the fifth one. So we have uh, for the three uh, Jiko spots, we have Philip Gutenkau, Frank Müller, Mike Feipel, all an anonymous uh, uh, votes from, from all the, the experts here. And we have uh, Dwayne Johnson, who got two votes. But uh, we need the, the fifth guy, and we have four different, different players. So uh, what, what's the, what should be here then, uh, then the decision? Let, let's start with Bob, man. If you, if you would have to choose one now to, 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 to finalize this team, who would be your choice? Yeah, like I said, if I would have one left, I would go with, with Harris from Dillosh because um, I don't know where he ranks on, on the other lists, but um, for me, he's the guy that can be really dominant um, and I don't see any other guy in, in the Total League with, with, his, with his potential. I'll pick him. I don't know what the other guys think about him. Mm -hmm. they, they prefer their guys. It makes sense. But. Well, I mean, actually for me, um, honestly, when I was watching that first game um, from the restart, it was T71 versus Ash. I was surprised that Steve Harris was basically like doing everything against, against and having his way, so to speak, against, uh, against Ash. I would have 
basically at the end, him and Clancy had almost the same stats. But yeah, Steve Harris was uh, was very dominant in that game inside. So, I mean, it, for me, it makes perfect sense that you would pick him, Bob, like, honestly. How about you, Coach? Yeah, Steve's a beast. I get a chance to see him all the time at T71. I just feel like for T71's team, when you have Tom Schumacher and, and Jamal Ivey, um, I think that he has a lot of people that he's working with, which can come, sometimes play against him with his stats. Um, but he's plays hard every single day. He does what he um, is asked to do um, without really having a whole lot of plays that are drawn up specifically for him. The reason why I would pick Henry Pawono is because I have the feeling that he's has more responsibilities than those other players, and um, his record is better than T71 at the moment. And I think that you can make the comparison of Jamon Ivey versus Austin Burgett. I think most of us would say that Jamon Ivey, um, as a co-star, um, is playing significantly better than Austin Burgett is at the moment. And I think that Henry has had to carry the load a little bit more. But I'm okay with being outvoted if if uh, if we go on two to one. But I'm gonna stick with my guy Henry. I I have no voting right, but I just want want to add something. I mean, if we have uh, Steve Harris or Henry Pono on the team, we have. Uh, Two players from T71 or from Atella, and we have no one from the from the leader of the of the mm -hmm. total league. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, that's also something we should we should consider uh, here in, in in this vote. Uh, I just think if we speak if we speak about uh, winning, it's okay. Rizdos they lost two games uh, T71-3, so I don't know if if that's a factor in right now. I don't know what you if if you would like probably have a really, really bad record, I say it's okay, but if it's that similar, I just think for, for LaQuinty, I mean, for sure he's a good player, I just think he's not that complete, like you, when you mentioned the stats, I see holes in his games and I saw games where mm -hmm. it wasn't good, so I don't know. It's That's the beauty of Offenons though, that they got multiple players in first place that um, can have the, the most points on that team on any given night. I don't think that there's a player that you know on every given night is going to be their top scorer. Mm -hmm. um, but um, like I said, in, in the case of Henry, you know he's leading the, the, the league in scoring. And he's uh, one of the top five in rebounding. And like I said, his, his counterpart, Austin Burgett, I think that everybody would agree is, is not better than the other people's um, counterparts that they're playing with. So that's when, when you look at the stats, if I'm going on the stats and the wins, I think that Henry at this moment um, has proven himself on a team that's tied for first place with two losses, okay, even though they, they don't have the tiebreaker of off and ons. Um, Henry has done, a, he's, he's done everything that you could ask for an American to do to start the season off. Christoph, how about this? We, uh, we do it like um, for the first four locks that we have, we keep them in the first team. And then for the, um, for the, for the, the, the vote that's not unanimous, then we can say, okay, first team, second team, third team at the end of the, at the, end of the 15th. So we can, like for example, uh, if if uh, if Bob votes um, Steve as the first team, and let's say Brian says uh, second team, and I say second team, then that means he has two second team votes and one first team vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we can do that. So right. let's let's continue then with the second team. Mm -hmm. So there we start again with the with the jiggle spots. So let's start with Bob this time. Yes. Yeah, so my second team is the Arancia team because I got two Arantia players. Um, starting with, um, with the Jekyll, uh, I got DJ Wilson. I think what he did this season, I was surprised to be honest, um, that he stepped his game up, how, how aggressive he is. I mean, he told me 
that it's uh, because of you, Coach Schneid, that uh, that uh, yeah, he, he became more aggressive. He tries to attack the basket, and I think that helped you guys a lot um, winning games. Uh, his stats are good, uh, especially right now. After the restart, he's getting better and better. So I think he should be on one of those three teams. For me, he's on the second team. My um, second jickle uh, is Raul Birbaum, also a guy that's, that's, that stepped his game up, playing on a different position. I think it was very interesting to see him off ball, um, showing that he can score the ball. Uh, he's top six in uh, jickle scorers and also like four years now a strong leader for that team. Unfortunately, we won't see him again this season. Probably we won't see him ever again on the floor, but um, we're speaking about mid-season awards and he, he's a luck for me. My third jickle is uh, Joey Karmas uh, from the Muzzle Pikes, uh, averaging over 14 points and uh, seven rebounds in only 23 minutes per game. Um, because he shares a little bit the role with, with Buntic. Um, for me, it's by far his best season so far and their best, uh, the best jiggle on their team. So for me, he's also on, on that second team. Um, as non-jiggles, I got... Uh, let's let's, uh, stay, with, let's ah, okay. stay with the jiggles okay. first and we then discuss the non-jiggles later. So, so Nigel, on your side, on, on the second team for, the, for the, the local players, who do you have? Yeah, um, I also have DJ, DJ Wilson. I mean, yeah, that guy has been from from the restart has been averaging like what 18 19 points a game and he, you know he's been really aggressive you know that his calling card is on defense right i mean like you played ash and he he limited for 40 minutes he had him on um miles jackson cartwright and he miles was averaging what around 24 25 per game before that game and dj 40 minutes on mike on, on miles kept Miles at 15 points a game. Okay, maybe you can say, well, it's just one game. But DJ's calling card has always been his defense. But the fact that his offense has been able to catch up with it and, um, you know, with his athleticism and his length, I think that uh, he deserved that. He deserves that spot, really. Uh, my second choice. Wow, this is going to be tough. I like Raul. Uh, Bob, I like Raul. I had him, I had him as well. And um, for me, it was just... Uh, if you're going to say mid-season awards, then yes, he deserves it. But if you're going to go long-term and look at it, like, moving forward, then it's just tough that he was he was hurt and he can't, he can't continue the season. Um, I would pick Joey Thomas as well as my second sp uh, for my second GICL player. He is the best player in that, um, on that uh, Muscle Pikes team. I agree with you. My third pick is going to come out of left field, I think, for all of you. It's going to be Mattis Wolf. Um, for a guy who has averaged two minutes a game for Atsela for the past two, three years. I mean, be it injury or whatever reason, for him to come out and join Sparta at this point, he's, he's just like, what, one or two years young, older than Mike Feipel. One year older than Mike Feipel at the moment. And yes, his three-point shooting at this point in the restart has been iffy. But to me, he's, you know, he is breaking out. He... He's scoring in double figures at what 28 minutes a game, and nearly and averaging like what about seven rebounds a game. He has one block per game more or less, and you know he's he's been doing well. And I, I really like that that kid. Even if people claim that Mattis is soft because of the injury issues and stuff like that, I think that he has a lot more to show. And he with the with the way that um, Coach Muir's has given him 
you know, leeway in terms of playing time. He's been he's been showing that he deserves that 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 playing time for him. And to go up against guys like Steve Harris or Clancy Rugg, I mean, you know, that that has to bode well for his for his upside. So I'm I'm going with I'm going with uh, DJ uh, Mathis and Joey Thomas. Okay, uh, Brian, on your side. Um, what I, got, I got the same as Bob. I'm going with DJ Wilson, Joe Comins, and Raul Beerbaum. I had the opportunity to be able to coach two out of those three with Raul and Contern and, and, and seeing him um, take on that responsibility of a, of a go-to score for that team when with Mahalo being out. Um, I had a feeling that with the way that he was playing that this could be his last season that he wanted to play because um, he had a, a, a kind of a look in the eye that I saw um, a few times whenever I was coaching him in, in playoff games where he wanted the responsibility of being a go-to guy and making um, buzzer-beating shots and, and, and taking on the responsibility of guarding other teams' best perimeter players. Um, he has he has always had it in him um, to be the top JICL point guard in the league. And, and for the first half of the season, I think that he showed that he was right up there with Sticky as the, the one and two for um, kind of combo guards in the league. Um, DJ I had last two seasons – in, in La Rochette, and, and there was games um, whenever he looked like he was the top player on the court, and we always wanted to be able to get consistent effort out of him, and I'm glad to see this year that he's been able to do that. Um, I think that he's always kind of been the leader of that group in terms of being always locked into game plans and schemes and, and, and wanting to, um, to lead the group, um, not only verbally, but by example. And, and this season, it looks like the guys are really kind of following Dwayne's and, and Terrell's in his lead on a nightly basis, and I'm happy for him. I got him as my second team. And, and Joe Comis, to me, is a, is a player who, um, if he had more of an opportunity, he could be putting up um, maybe some of the best statistics of, of the power forwards in the league. He's, he's, he's playing limited minutes off the bench, and he's the type of person that 35 minutes a game could be a person who was averaging in the high teens and double-double rebounds with 11, 12 rebounds a night. You're going to see more what he's capable of doing as long as Keepstone is out. I don't know the significance of uh, his injury. He got injured against you guys in La Rochette. I don't know if they have any plans of him coming back, but as long as he's out, I'm sure that you're going to see Joe really perform at the level that he's capable of playing. I mean, um, yeah, so we have here for the for the jiggled spots, we have uh, pretty much consistency, at least for two players, who had uh, all the three votes. And uh, Raul, Raul Birnbaum, I think uh, he got two votes. Uh, I think uh, we, we should keep him there on, on, on the second team uh, for the jiggle spots because, yeah, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, he won't be able to to compete for the for the <laughs> final final year spots. <laughs> yeah, true. But I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I also had him on my second team. But like, if if we're gonna talk specifically about mid-season then yes, he deserves to be yeah. in that second team. Yeah. All right, so I have no problem with, with moving him into okay. that second team as well. I mean, that's that's the awards. We do the same uh, award exactly. at the end of the season, <laughs> and uh, then we can talk about Matis being mm. able to to get into that second team eventually. Yeah. So, um, for the... Well, we can also say here again, still no Valpa players. So. Mm. But why, why do you think that? Why do you think that? I mean, why are we not picking Valpa players? They well, do it by committee. The experts. <laughs> <laughs> they do it by Bob. committee. Yeah. They do it by committee. Okay. How about you, Bob? What do you think? Yeah, I, I thought about the same. So when I when I did my teams, I thought, okay, we gotta have some some buffer players in it. But for me, it's really tough to to pick somebody out. I think 
you had Dean who had some great nights, you had Tom Conan who had some great nights, uh, Malcolm Krabs as well. For me, it's really difficult to say, okay, he's their key jickle player and pick one. That's probably bad for the other ones. If, if you got a lot of guys playing at, at one level that nobody, yeah, that we pick nobody out of them. So I think it was tough, but I think the guys we got so far um, all deserve to be on, on, the, on the first and also on the second team. So, yeah. Okay. No disrespect at all to, to, to yeah, Team yeah. Welfare. That, that's for sure. Yeah, credit to okay. Coach Krebs for getting it all together with a, with a group of players of similar talent. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's go for the, for the non jickle players on that second team. Uh, let's start with Bob again then. So um, I picked uh, Dwayne Johnson on my second team. I think you, you guys um, already said everything about him, what he's doing for that team. I think, yeah, Christoph, you know the best how important he is for that team. My uh, second non-jickle is Clancy Ruck, still one of the best pros in the country, very reliable. You know that he can step it up in big games. His numbers still good, he's top three rebounder, top six uh, scorer. So for me, he must be on a team and for me, he's on the second team. Okay, Nigel? I'm gonna go with Steve Harris um, for the second team. If, if all goes that, I'm gonna go with Steve. Um, and I'm also going to go because I, I love I love these two guys when I watch them play against each other. I'm going to go with um, with the big guy from Ash as well, Clancy Rugg, as my two um, non-JICL second team players. Okay, uh, Brian, I'm going to go with Miles uh, Carwright Jackson. Um, I think that his stats at this moment could be as good as anybody in the league, and um, I, I think that his. Uh, presence on that on that club gives them a go-to person down the stretch to be able to finish games um and steve harris for me it was tough between um him and potentially clancy i was kind of going back and forth with it but i know that they battled each other in the head-to-head -head and steve got the better of them in that match so i ended up going with steve harris as my second guy okay so based on 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 those votes i think then steve harris is getting the the first team first team vote because he has one first team and two second teams. Uh, and uh, we have no one else with the, same, uh, with the same vote. So Steve Harris gets the vote for the first team. And on the second team, then we're going to have uh, Clancy. And and Miles Jackson. Yes, Clancy and Miles. Yes, I think uh, that's the votes that we're going to have. So maybe, uh, Bob, you want to comment on, on, on that? Is that uh, how you see it? I think really with the, the thing is with the non-jickle, it's that close. You can uh, argue for... Interchange, for, yes. Yeah, but I think we're good so far. If you look at those two teams, these are the two, the, probably the 10 best players so far in the season. So I think we did a good job so far. <laughs> If I yeah, ask you guys, where, where does uh, where, where uh, Tom fit into all of this? We'll find out soon when we talk about the third team. <laughs> <laughs> I agree okay. with that, yeah. So Clancy, I mean, for, for Clancy, I mean, we have to say uh, he played an amazing uh, campaign with the national team. Uh, and uh, they also had, with Ash, some, some COVID trouble now after the restart. But if you just purely watch, look at the stats, he has the best, the best stat line in the total league uh, so far. If you take out the, 
um, ranking ranking points. Uh, Clancy, just just to remind you, his stats is 21.9 points per game, 14.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, uh, 1.0 blocks, and he's shooting 58% uh, from from two, 83% from the free throw line. It's really nearly close to perfect perfect stat line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are huge. Okay. So, as a reminder, our second team is uh, DJ Wilson, Raul Birnbaum, Joey Kalmus, Clancy Rock, and Miles Jackson Cartwright. Mm -hmm. So, shall we go to the third team? Mm -hmm. This is going to be tough now. Yeah, yeah now it's going to be interesting. Uh, Nigel, it's your turn to start. So, it really has to be me to bring <laughs> it. Okay, yeah. fine. I'm going to go Tom Schumacher. Okay. I mean, okay. you, cannot, you cannot talk about top 15 or top nine, uh, top nine JICL players without talking about Tom Schumacher. He's done it all. He's, he's also, well, he hasn't been as flashy or as, um, well, you can say he hasn't been up to par for most of the games that he's been playing, but he's, he's still very consistent. And Tom still should be in that discussion for me. Um, this is going to be tough, man. But I have... To go with, okay, okay. First, I'm going with Mattis Wolf now. Okay, since I, I chose Raul Beer and Bomb in the second thing, I'm gonna have to go with Mattis Wolf. And I have to say, you guys, if you don't pick Mattis, I'm not, I'm just joking. But yeah, <laughs> Mattis for me, I, I already told you why I like that guy, why, why I think he deserves to be in, in, in this discussion. And my third pick is gonna have to be Xavier. Okay, he doesn't score, he doesn't score as much. Christoph against your team. He only um, he scored what two points on one of two shots, right? Fifty percent. I I could go with Rene Walsfeld because you know we all know how 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 well Rene and Raul have been playing for Contern. I could go with that, but I have to I have to pick someone from the top team at the moment, and it has to be someone. I could also go with Malcolm Krebs because he's a young up and comer. He's gonna he's gonna his best years are in front of him, but I feel like. Xavier has been overlooked, and he's been the man in the. He's been a big difference maker for 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 Walford. Even if he doesn't score, he does. You know, Ben Wallace type of player for me. I mean, he does a lot of things. He he changes once once he he's there on the defensive side. He changes a lot of shots. I mean, against your team, Chris, I feel just basically all took jump shots when he played against him for most of the time. He was just standing there, not knowing what he was supposed to do. You know, he's a big dude, but. Like that's that's the kind of effect he has, and if he only focus on offense, then yeah. But I would like to see a guy like this on my team where he can affect changes in in how the opponent's offenses run, just because he's there, just being there. So I have to I have to go with with Xavier in this one. So I got Tom, I got Mattis, I got Xavier. Okay. Can I add Ryan. something real quick? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's a non jico He no. is. He became he, a Jico. He became a Jico player summer. when he. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, okay. When, when yeah, he yeah, got true. his, okay, uh, you're good. his you're good, yeah, passport. Then okay. You're... We okay. can cut that out. <laughs> oh, I'm good. No, no, I forgot. <laughs> okay, Coach Brian, what are your votes for the I, um I've gone a little bit different than, than Nigel. Um, I have Tom, as, as everybody knows who he is and what he represents. Um, to Luxembourg basketball. I think that um, as far as I know, this is potentially his last year as well. And if that's the case, I mean, I know that he wants to be able to leave um, with an opportunity to compete for a championship in T71's 50th year. And that's, um, 
he doesn't have the same role that he's had in the other years of being a primary, uh, the go-to guy. Uh, but I think everybody knows if he gets a, a, an opportunity to close a game that there's still um, a fear in the opponents that, that he's going to step up and knock it down. So um, he's still on my list. Um, I have Malcolm Krebs um, as a guy who's emerging into that conversation as, as uh, the next up-and-coming great Luxembourg player. Um, his stat line isn't the best compared to some of the other players, but I think that he impacts the game uh, with his defense. I also think that he brings a toughness to that group on the perimeter along with um, with the Quincy Rideau, that those guys aren't going to let anybody go to the basket without feeling their presence. And I think that as he evolves into a better score, um, you're going to be talking about him um, as long as he stays in the, in the Luxembourg League as one of the top players in, in, in all of the total league. And I also have gone with um, Christopher Jones, um, even though he's not been extremely efficient in his scoring, his percentages aren't um, the best. He's still competing and he's showing up and one of the top scorers in the total league playing for a team that still has an outside chance of getting into the playoffs. And if he can be able to get his percentages higher across the board and, and, and um, the team can be able to play with them um, in a way that um, they had hoped to play with them to start the season. Um, I still think that he is one of the top nine talents um, of JICL players in Luxembourg. So I picked those three. Okay. Interesting votes here. Uh, Bob, how do you see that? So I agree with, uh, with Shumi to start off. Um, he does look to, to score 20 every, uh, 30 points every single game now, but he's still a dangerous player. And I think if you prepare to play against, uh, against them, you always uh, got to know where Shumi is. He can always uh, have a big impact on a game. And uh, he's putting up still, his numbers are okay. I mean, scoring-wise, it's not, nothing special, but uh, he's second in assists behind Sticky which is good for a player that usually look to score first. Um, and I think it will be interesting to see him, how they, how he'll play in the playoffs. If he will step it up for his last games, I think that will be very interesting. My second pick is uh, Christopher Jones, because I'm just impressed what, what he's doing so far, because last year when he played National 2 wasn't spectacular at all. Uh, he showed that he can still have a big impact in the Total League and why he was one of the best players uh, a few years ago. And uh, also, he, he can defend, like, like you said before, uh, of DJ. I think the same counts for him as well. He can, he can guard um, pros from the other team and also have an impact uh, in, in the offensive end. So, yeah, one of the best players for me as well. My third pick uh, was really tough. I think there's, there's a group of maybe five, six players that, that could get in. I went with Pitt Beaver um, from Basket Ash, who has a good season also uh, with, with 12 points per game, had some outstanding games against Residence uh, and I also think against Arantia. Um, and you can see that he, he likes the role he plays on that team, sometimes coming off the bench and um, doing different stuff, playing hard every game. So for me, he deserves a spot as well. Okay. Okay, so. From the votes we got here, we have two two players I would say that are that are locked in, or in Tom Schumacher and Christopher Jones. Mm -hmm. I think we should let the third spot open for now. Let's see if we can find uh, an agreement already on on the pros, and then how we, about how about how about you, you choose that last spot, put you on the spot <laughs> from every from every name that we mentioned here. 
you played against all. Yeah, I mean, you you you've, you've faced them this year. Um, <laughs> or is that putting you too much on the spot? <laughs> Should we go first with the uh, with the non JICL yes. players? Let's <laughs> let's finish with the non non JICLs first, and then uh, if there is uh, a decision to take in the end, I mean. Uh, as a coach, you have to take decisions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a decision then. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, for the non jickles uh, Nigel, what are your ideas? Well, I have to go with Henry Pono. I mean, you, you cannot not include this guy, be it in the second team or third team. You have to go there. And uh, well, Coach Brian said everything I have to say about about Henry Pono. Um, I think that he can, you know, come playoff time, it's gonna be different for him. He, he, he's gonna. I think he's going to show us a lot more than what he's showing now. Um, and I have to go with Jimon Ray Ivey. I know. I, li- I like how he's played. I like how um, how he and um, Steve Harris are playing well together um, in that sense. Like, they, they complement each other, and it shows on the floor with, with probably not with their last game or last two games, but it, it shows that they have this chemistry and that they, they, he can play a secondary role. Um, and he does it pretty well, in my opinion. So no, no, no disrespect about playing Robbie to someone's Batman, but I feel like these two guys can, are are really perfect fits for uh, for what T Seventy One has at the moment with uh, with Tom and uh, and Frank Mueller. So yeah, those okay. are my two guys. Okay, Brian, who do you have? Now I have um, Clancy, who I didn't include in my first two, but I know that he's already on the second team um, from the the votes of Nigel and Bob. Um, the other one was extremely tough for me because I wanted to be able to give um, the Quincy Redu um, his due for, for leading the group in, um, in first place. But as I mentioned before, I think that their group is a more of a collective group. Um, and even if T71 in our group ends up having four players and they're not even in first place or in third place, um, I think Jamon Ivey is a player who, if they're going to compete for a championship, is, is probably going to um, be the, the, the closer for that group. Um, in terms of being able to make uh, different plays for himself and for his teammates because he has that kind of skill set. Um, he's really a, a super talented guy. It's just about him not falling in love with the jump shot so much and, and, and showcasing his playmaking ability and his mm. ability to get to the free throw line. So um, if he's able to do those different things, I, I think that you could have in a conversation at the end with him being much higher than the third team. Okay. Bob? So I also went with uh, Pavono on that third team. I agree with everything you said, Nigel. Um, what he showed so far is impressive. And I also have a feeling that, that he can even go to the next level coming playoffs. Um, so I think, yeah, he, he must be on one of those teams. My um, second non-jickle pick is Adam Eberhardt. Like I said before, mm-hmm. the little teaser for me, he's, the, he's, the, he's more important for that team even. Um, even if his game is not spectacular at all, um, he does all the little things for that team. Um, huge rebounder, uh, number one defensive rebounder in the total league. And uh, yeah, Residence is the best team so far. So there must be one guy on their, on their team, on that team as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have uh, Henry Pono here as a lock on the third team because he got one first team vote and two third team votes. And then for the for the last spot, we have on the one side La Quincy Rideau who has one first team vote. And we have Jim on Ivy with two third team votes. So uh, <laughs> what are the choice we're gonna take here? 
Um, I'll let the floor to to everyone to make make his case. Nigel, Nigel, you voted La Quincy into into the first team. I voted I voted for both of them though. I voted La Quincy <laughs> in the first team, and then I voted um I voted um Ivy Jumon Ivy in the, in the third team. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, if it's gonna be up to me. Damn, that's tough, man. I mean, if we just go by basic uh, points, a first team vote, you can say it's three points, second team vote, it's two points, third team, it's one point. So, like, Quincy Udo would have three compared mm -hmm. to Jim and Ivy having two times one point. Okay. I mean, if everyone can live with I'll, that. Yeah. I'd say we need to have one pro for Residual, so I think that would be the good choice. For yeah. We agree on that? I would agree on Prime? that. Would, yes. Okay. Mm. I so mean, it's have... mid-season vote, so we, there's still playoffs yeah. coming up. Mm. So. Good. So we have on the third team, we have still one spot up for the Luxembourgish players, for the local players, next to Henry Pono, La Quincy Rideau, Christopher Jones, and Tom Schumacher. So, um, I mean, Nigel, let's start with you. You voted for Matis here and also for Xavier Robert-Francois. Um, maybe an underrated player, Xavier Robert? Yeah. Um, I mean, what can I say about Xavier? I mean, yeah, he doesn't score as much. Like I said, he doesn't score as much. But if you're going to talk about total impact on the game, he has that, even without scoring. However, um, I, I can listen to arguments from, from, from the other two about Chris Jones. And who else did you pick? I had Pit Beaver, but Pit for me, group. So yeah. I agree with, with Xavier Robert Francois. I just have the feeling that he could even impact the game even more. So I saw him really sure. sometimes defensively really, really good, but um, sometimes you, you still see him. Yeah, and if that's, that's the only thing you're supposed to do, I don't know. I think it's tough. I mean, he could be on that group. You can argue for, for me, you can argue for five, six, seven players. Mm -hmm. Stuff. I mean, okay. One one question though is that no one, Randy Walsfeld, where does he mm -hmm. fall in in your in your lists? No, he was he was a guy who was up there close. But the problem is, is that Concern is not one of the top teams in the league. So when you're looking at in terms of guys who are affecting the winning, um, Concern is not in discussion of a team that's um, competing for a championship. In the case of Wolfenons, they are. And I, I picked another Wolfenons guy, Malcolm Krebs, because I feel like. Um, he's his ceiling even more so than what he's done at this moment is one that is extremely important to that team's success. Um, but I can see exactly where you're coming from with Xavier in terms of his impact on the court, and I can see where exactly where you're coming from with Pitt Beaver because he's coming in like Tom Conan is for Wolf and Orange and willing to jack that thing up to make sure that he gets his his points. And both are doing it in a way that that helps their team win games. So um, I say that Christoph is. Um, he's made a lot of right decisions so far this year in La Roche. He can make the right decision here too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more thing. Like, if you were to put another guy aside from Mattis beside Mike Feipel, would it be as effective? I mean, yeah, they're not winning games, but they're keeping it close. Well, made problem. And, and 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 he's averaging almost the same stats as Mike is. So, I mean, in my in, in my opinion, like. They're, they're, they're interchangeable. They're so interchangeable that even the ones running the stats from the score or from, from the bench 
give you know don't, don't doesn't know if it's Mike or Mantis <laughs> who scores the points. Like you know, like you can see the scoreboard like in their last game against D seventy one scoreboard had Mantis at twenty one points, but in the statute he had 60, 15. So mm. I mean, like they they they're almost at the same spot. They're almost averaging the same points and rebounds and, and well rebounds. No, Mike Mike Feipel is basically best in, better at rebounding and better at three point shooting, but. Is there a case to build for Matt this year, or is it just me? Uh, anyone can answer. No, I think for me, if you look at Rene Volsfeld, his stats are better than Matisse Wolf, and he's playing with two pros. Um, and I think that if you're going to ask a team with no pros that's in tied for 10th place in the league to have two people in the top three, at this moment, they should be the favorite to win the championship next year when they get two pros. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure whether or not I can say that about Sparta now that, that those two guys, when they're playing with professionals, are going to be able to, to keep um, those same stats. I think with Mike Feifel, he can emerge in, into being a 15, 16, 17 plus a game point player playing with two pros. I don't know if Matisse Wolf in his real first extended playing time is, um, is that guy just yet, but his ceiling is as high as anybody in the league. And, and I think that that's an excellent choice, too. Okay, fair enough. How about you, Bob? What? what, what? What yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, nothing against Matisse Wolf. I think he's, he's a really good talent, but uh, I don't know if we should have two guys from Sparta uh, in our top three teams when they have only two, two wins this season and they're mm-hmm. second plus. So I, I think that's tough. And also, if you play with our pros, I think you know it. There, there must be guys that, that take the rebounds that, that score. So we're going to see next season. Also, yeah. what, what, if, if it really helped them to, to do what, what they're doing now. So that would be interesting. But for now, I think we would be good if we, we, st- we stick with, with Feipel on our first team and then look for another guy that's, putting, that's uh, probably winning more games uh, right now. Yeah. I, th- I think if I, can, if I can add a name that has not been mentioned here so far, uh, okay, he missed some games because of injuries, but uh, I think Ivan Delgado is someone we should really take here into consideration. Also, if you take into account what he did during the national uh, with the national team, I just I just give you his stats so far, just to have have, have them in mind. So right now, uh, he had 10.4 points per game, shooting at 56% from two, 41% from three points. 5.9 rebounds, 2.6 assists per game, 0.8 steals per game, and only 1.8 turnovers per game in 24 minutes. And uh, they are at the top of the league as well. So um, maybe that's also someone we can consider here, or is that uh, is the injury situation that he missed a few games uh, too, too important right now? That was the only reason why I didn't have him on my list is because I, I felt like he missed a lot of games. I don't know how, how many games he had missed because I know from the restart, he, uh, I think he missed at least the first three games. Yes. Um, so, I mean, he missed three games. Yeah. So he played 10 out of, or nine because I think Excel might have missed a game. I'm not sure um, how many games they played total. But I, I honestly feel like Yvonne is more than deserving of, of a spot on the third team um, had he played all the games. And if three games is, the only amount of games that he missed, I would have no problem with him being on that team either. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only reason why I didn't mention him as well is because of the injuries and because of the missed games. But if we say three games out of 12, then that's like uh, 25% of, of, the, of the mid-season, which is what this, this is about. So but I would consider putting Eve on there if three games is not that big of a deal for, you know, for, for the mid-season. 
Yeah, I mean, he missed, he played the first five games before there was the break. And then he missed the beginning of the, of the restart and has played the three games since. And they haven't lost whenever he's been playing. So I think that they're undefeated in the games that he's played. So for me, that's. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, he's a walking bucket. Um, he's proven himself to be uh, mentioned as one of the top JSCR players in the league for sure. Agree. Okay, that makes sense. So we put him in. Yeah, I mean, I, I can. I, yeah, the, as like I said, the only reason was he wasn't. What was his uh, injuries? But I, I'm good with it. I think oh. it's that close. So, like I said, there's so many guys. I would probably agree with all of them. So. <laughs> I'm okay with what even, especially because I'm pretty sure he'll be on our teams at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so we put him in as the last guy of our third team. So we have Tom Schumacher, Christopher Jones, Ivan Delgado, Henry Pono, and LaQuincy Rideau. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all we have. So just as a reminder, uh, first team, we have Philip Gutenkow, Frank Müller, Mike Feipel, Dwayne Johnson, and Steve Harris. Second team, DJ Wilson, Raul Birnbaum, Joey Kalmus, Chancey Ruck, and Miles Jackson-Cartwright. And for our third team, Tom Schumacher, Christopher Jones, Henry Pono, LaQuincy Rideau, and Ivan Delgado. So to wrap all these awards up, I would say let's just vote and see who our jiggle MVP and non-jiggle MVP for the first part of the season is. Um, so it should be someone from, from the first team, I would say. But uh, let's start uh, with, with Brian again. Who would be your, your MVP so far? For the JICL, is going to be Philip Gutenkoff, even though he doesn't average a double-double like Frank. Um, I think that um, he's the... Uh, I think that Excella would have a harder time winning without him than T70 would one would without Frank Mueller. Um, and I think he's really uh, taken that responsibility as a leading scorer in the JICLs and also the leading assist player in the, in the JICLs of, of being um, really the future of, uh, of that position in the, in the total league. And for the um, top player, I mean, I'm, I'm, I may have to go with Dwayne. I might have to go with Dwayne because I've, I've, I've seen just his leadership um, with that group that you have um, and getting those players to, to buy in completely on both ends of the court um, and, and, and taking on the responsibility of being one of the elite defenders and, and also one of the elite scorers, one of the elite rebounders in the game. Steve Harris obviously is, is, has proven himself to be um, a great player, but I'm not sure down the stretch that he's going to be their go-to guy when it matters. And I think down the stretch for you guys that you guys are going to be counting on on Dwayne to be able to make the right play to help you guys win the games. And I think that your surprising start to the, to the season is in large part uh, because of, of his contributions and, and DJ Wilson's contributions and Terrell's contributions, even though you've gotten it from everybody all around the board. So Dwayne will be my guy. Okay, Bob, how do you see that? Um, so uh, for, for Jekyll, I go with Frank Mueller. I'm going to use the same argument that Brian used for Sticky, just for Frank. I think if you take Frank out of that team, they'd have no chance to compete for the title. And maybe with Sticky, it could be the same, but I still see other guys on that team that could step up. For Frank, it's, his role for me is pretty unique um, if you compare it to, to other Jekyll players on other teams. Um, all the stuff he's doing, um, He's got to be the MVP for me, at least so far, what he's showing. Um, the the non-jickle MVP, 
yeah, it's tough, but because um, I had Steve Harris on, on my first team, I, I stay with him. Probably the, the, st the stats won't tell you that he's the best player so far, but I think um, the eye test, he wins it. He, he played against, like you already said, I think that game was really interesting when they, they played against Ash. How he played against Clancy um, was for me one of the best performances. Even that game wasn't amazing stat-wise, but still, I go with him because I think he's the best pro now in the Total League. Okay. Nigel? Um, I'm going to go with Frank for the JICL. Frank Miller. No disrespect to Sticky. I like him. As a, I love him as a player. I love him as a team leader. Um, but going with what Bob said, like aside from Tom, um, and now that, um, that Kevin Moore is back, then at least he has um, one, more, um, one more guy that, he, that, can help, that can help out the team. But if you look at that team, Aside from Frank and Tom and, and Kevin and the two pros, who else is there to carry the scoring load? I mean, I don't see anyone from the bench being able to be as effective as maybe um, some of the guys in the cellar. So just because of that, and you know, Frank, if he plays this last year and he's playing as consistently as he did in his first few years in the league, then you know he he deserves that for me. He deserves that um, that MVP nod. Uh, for the non-GICL player, I have to go with Dwayne Johnson. Like everybody else, Christoph, I think that was a great pick that you got out of uh, out of Mersh, bringing Dwayne into into Arancia, and you can see how much um, it feels like his attitude and and his his everything that he's doing is rubbing off on the guys uh, on your team. Um, like Coach Brian also mentioned earlier, it's, it's like the team has been through a lot. Your team has been through a lot where they've been in too many close games, where it's like they they know that they're in there, that they can win that, these, these close games. They haven't won all the close games, but, you know, there's always that feeling that we can do this. And I think part of that stems from the leadership that both uh, Tyrell and Dwayne have. Um, Tyrell is obviously a good, uh, a big, a huge part for you as well, a huge piece. But I think that Dwayne has been the more uh, consistent and the more aggressive um, pro um, that you have on that team. And I think that most of your success, you know, I mean, has also been dependent on how great Duane has played for you this season. So, I mean, I don't think anyone expected Arancia to be in this conversation at this point in the top five. And I, I give that credit to, to you, to, to, the, to your team, and most, most importantly as well to, um, to how these guys fit into the Arancia, you know, fit into that group and how they're able to lead that group into, in, into the top five. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Duane. Okay. So we do have Frank Müller as our mid-season MVP for the for the Jiggle players, and Dwayne Johnson as the mid-season MVP for the non-Jiggle players. Is there anything uh, you want to add on 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 those awards, or are we all fine with that? A breakout player. How about breakout player of the year? Who do who do you think, Coach Brian and Bob? Who do you think are um is a breakout player this year? You know, not the MVP, but someone who has come out and you know, just balled or just totally shown what he can do. Yeah, I was going with Mike Piper. We put him on the first team at, mm. at age 20. And um, last year, if you would have said that it would have been a mid-season world where Mike Piper was a first-team player, most people wouldn't agree that that would have been the case. And he's um, certainly stepped up and showed that he's capable of playing with anybody in the league. And, and hopefully the best is yet to come. Yep. How about you, Bob? You feel the same? I absolutely agree. I think, yeah, we put him in our first team. Uh, he's 20, so he's the breakout player so far. We're going to see how it will be next year when they, when they um, play again with pros. Because I personally 
don't think that it really helps them playing how they play right now if he cannot play the same role next year. Mm-hmm. So that's what we we gotta see if they really take pros that um, they can play uh, alongside Mike um, and how he, his stats and how he will be next year. That will be very interesting. But um, so far this season, yeah, he's by far for me the breakout player. It's, it's not even close. Who do you think is going to take over our old Bierenbaum spot in the second team? Yeah, it could be Mahalo. If he's capable of uh, doing what he did last season as the top JICO <clears throat> score um, last year, I believe that he was. Um, and I don't know, um, you had a chance to play. I don't know if Christoph had a chance to play against him whenever he was healthy. I think he had come in the game afterwards. Um, well, we, play, we played him in, in the preseason once, but not during the season. Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's the guy who everybody looked at as being the um, the heir apparent to Tom Schumacher is the best um, mm-hmm. Luxembourgers or JICL guard in the league. And now with Raul being gone, it is, it's, it's his role to step in and, and do what he has been doing the last few seasons for them and, and, and be their top scorer. So um, I don't know whether or not all the games that he misses is going to impact how he's looked at at the end of the year. But if they make a top four push um, without Raul Birnbaum, then I think that he will be in that discussion for um, one of these spots for sure. Also, only 22 years old. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you see any of these guys, aside from Mike, we mentioned, mentioned already that Mike has the potential to leave uh, the domestic league. Aside from him, do you see any of these guys also maybe getting a chance at, at uh, international play? Me? Yeah. I mean, all I mean, three of you. Uh, from, 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 from my point of view, uh, or from what I what I've heard is that uh, Mihailo is also one of the guys who was at least looking in the past for for some uh, mm-hmm. experience, getting experience abroad. I don't I don't know how his situation is right now, um, but uh, I think he he's a player that that uh, could eventually also get uh, get uh, get a spot abroad. Ivan Delgado is another player who. Uh, who well he officially has ambitions to play abroad he's a uh, a member of the army now uh, to get an, uh, a professional status as a player and um, w- with what he has showed during the during the bubble with the national team he's definitely also a player who could find a spot abroad but it's always with with the Luxembourgish players um to to get a job abroad it's like you need to find the right spot and uh, that's always tough because you, you in in some leagues you compete with uh, with Americans to get a spot. In other leagues, they have rules concerning local players mm-hmm. or Bosman players or whatever. And uh, it's really the job of the player and his uh, representatives or agents to to find that right spot. I mean, if you if you look, uh, for example, Ben Kovac, they found a, a good place for him where he can we can play. He's I don't know now the details of his status, but he's more or less the, the best player of that team, I think. From, from as a sixth set. man, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a sixth man. So that was a, was a great choice. And uh, we have to see. I mean, Mike Feipel, he brings uh, something with him. Uh, he's very young still, has good size. I don't know how his uh, academic situation is, if he has uh, ability or he wants to go abroad. I don't know. But, he's, uh, he's studying now, so um, I, don't, I don't think he's looking now, but if there would be an opportunity, at least he said he, he would probably take it, but 
like you said, I think it, it's, uh, it's about the situation. For me, it makes no, no sense to, to leave the country, just to leave the country. So if you get an opportunity like Bandit, like hopefully Ivan will get, I think it will make sense um, if you find a, a good league where you could get some playing time. But um, I think all those guys also know that probably for them, Total League is also interesting. Like, there are not many leagues where you could have such a big role as, as Mike has right now. So probably it could also help him to stay for one or two more years and then with even better stats and after some successes in Luxembourg, then leave the country. Yeah, you got somebody like Malcolm Krebs, whose father is American and, and he has a family in America and he's potentially thinking about studying in the United States. I think the last person that I remember that was um, studying um, and playing basketball uh, was the, the guy in Sparta that played at, at Drake University, uh, Wiesler. Uh, yeah, Frank Wiesler. So that hasn't been something that a lot of, of the, the males, uh, the men have been wanting to do is, is, is showcase their talents in the States. But um, that could be something that if, if everything goes the way that he wants, that he could showcase his talents in the States. I think DJ Wilson, he had, he had done it in um, Barton University for one year. Um, but the majority of the, the Luxembourg players uh, would prefer to be able to study in Europe as opposed to studying the States. Malcolm could be an exception. Okay. Do you see anyone uh, on your side, Nigel? You well, also I mean, worked Mal a little bit with the, with the youth national teams in the past? Well, Malcolm Krebs definitely, uh, I think, has a lot of potential to be able to go, to go abroad. Um, he, his age makes it uh, optimal for him to, like, he can go into G uh, college Right away, and I, and I know that a lot. There are some um, mid-major uh, Division One schools that are looking at him, and that that's a good thing for him. I'm not so sure about his academics, but you know, according to to Coach Alex, he's he's really been working on that as well. But at what age is it too late for these guys to 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 to, to get into a situation where they, they that they can find abroad? Because 22 for us here, maybe yeah, it's young, but 22 somewhere else, it's you know. It's a little too old. And if you wait two, three more years, you're going to be 25. I mean, I'm not so sure about what situations you're going to be able to find yourself in. Well, it depends on the demand for your talents. I mean, Alex mm -hmm. Moore was here for uh, for quite some time before he That's ended up true. going. To, yeah. And um, if, if, if you're talented enough and, and somebody wants to take a, a chance on you, you could be in your 30s and somebody could be willing to offer mm -hmm. your contract. So it's uh, for, the, for the university side, I mean, they're not normally going to bring in um, freshmen that are in their 20s. Um, typically at, at the university um, level. Um, but now that they have all these different transfer markets and everything else in the States, um, that could change as well. So at the end of the day, it's all about your talent. If somebody, if you're good enough, um, somebody's going to somebody's gonna reach out to see whether or not you're able sure. to play for their program. Okay. And, and the Army, I think, um, is, is a good thing for those players as well because it gives them a big chance even to probably go to, to clubs that can't give them a, a big salary, but, but still they can live uh, just mm -hmm. by the money they get from the Army combined with, with the club. So I think that's interesting. Like, like Alex did it, like you said, Brian, uh, he won some titles. Yeah, I think he left at the age of 24, 25. So mm -hmm. that's late, I would say, but, but it still works. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Um, do we have anything else to to discuss? I think we, we made the, the round of everything that we we had prepared. Um, yeah. So just to take you a little bit off guard. <laughs> so uh, 
Are you talking are... about uh, coach of the year? No, no, no. No, <laughs> no we, we talk about like who are your six teams that are going to make the playoffs? Oh. All right, you guys take this one first. I, I, I call dibs on the last, last place. Right. This is Let's your start mind. with you. Okay, I, I, I think we have, we have a few locks here, I think. Yeah, I think at, at this moment, I think there's really seven teams that are competing for, for the six spots. And I think on the, I think Musical Bikes are at the moment is in the seventh spot. And if they don't get Keepstone um, healthy and, and they continue to play with one, then, then they could be the team that is the, the odd person out. But if I'm just looking at the standings, um, and if I'm hopefully I can pull it up, uh, Contern, uh, I think still with Mahalo replacing uh, Beer Bomb is, is, is capable of being able to step in to that role. It doesn't look like Heffingen at this moment is, is, um, is putting enough pressure on the teams in front of them to catch them. So I, I think it really has to do with the health of, of, of Keystone because you guys have the tiebreaker with them, which is basically um, gives you an, an, an up for them trying to catch you and you already having a tiebreaker. Um, that basically puts you three games in front of that team. And, and Contern at this moment, they have the tiebreaker with you. Uh, but I don't know whether or not they can be able to compete at the level that you guys have been playing with in La Rochette the whole, um, to be able to even catch you guys. So as long as you, La Rochette is injury-free and, and continues to um, do what they need to do, I, I think that you guys are, um, are pretty much a lock to be able to get into that playoff position. And you'll see Contern, Musil Pikes um, competing for that last spot. Bob? Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say, if, if I had to guess now, I would say that Conton uh, will miss the playoffs and the other teams that are in the top seven right will make the top six. Because um, Raul had a big, big role and you saw right now, it will probably take, uh, take Mihailo a few more weeks to, to get in rhythm. And I don't know if you have a lot of time right now. They, they need to win games now, so I don't think that they can just replace uh, all one by one for now. So for me, Cotton can be the team that, that falls out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for me, I agree with the, with Coach Brian here. And um, you know, how, the way the bikes are doing, I mean, again, if it's a toss-up between Contern, Esh, and the bikes, and if uh, the bikes continue to play with just one pro, then it's going to be hard for them to to compete at that level or at that rate, the way that you guys are going. For locks, yeah, of course, uh, Walfer is basically a lock, piece of anyone. Of course, you guys, I just noticed you guys are tied for third place and, you know, with Atsela. So, yeah, in my opinion, I'm sorry, but I think if, if situations are going to be the same moving forward, then, then the Pikes might miss out on, on this one. How serious is uh, Keith Stone's injury, though? Because you were there whenever you saw it, so I don't. It didn't. It didn't look. It didn't look that bad. I mean, they played Telstar this weekend, so I guess they just let him out because that's a game you can win without him. Mm. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna see uh, the next game if he's there. I think he, he he will be playing. I think it didn't really look bad. Right, all uh, if, if he can play, then I, I would agree with Bob that I true. think that they that they're gonna um, they can be able to overtake Contran in the, in the standings. Um, and I know there's a whole bunch of different makeup games that are going on too. So um, the, the way that the standings are right now is a little bit different than what it will be when everybody's playing the same amount of games. 
So um, it's it's important for you and La Rochette to be able to, to stay on that gas too, because um, those other teams that are that are competing for those same spots is is, is hunting you. I think you guys would be in the loss column in, at fifth place. So um, it's important for every team that's in the league. Nobody, even Volfordons, in, in the top spot um, with that three through six playoff seats um, and the one and two getting a bye. I mean, all these games in the last. Uh, second half of the season is going to have extreme importance. Yeah, I mean, How about if, Ash? You, if you check the last column, um, I think we can say that there's eight eight teams even because having an only uh, has sure. six losses, mm -hmm. same as Compton. Mm -hmm. So they have two games to to play uh, still to to get uh, the same amount of games. I would not I would not take them out. And uh, Ash, as you mentioned, they have three losses. They have, so three, they have no. three losses only. So uh, I think we have an eight-team uh, eight-team race here for for the, the top six. Plus. Yes, I agree. Does Ash still have like games in hand or games that they have to play? Two. Two, they yeah. have two, two right. games to to play still. They have to play Muselpikes, which is of course a big one. Mm -hmm. And the other one they missed was against Heffingen. Heffingen, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So. Those are direct that's, games, basically. It's really key games for both teams. So having and uh, if they win the two games that they are behind, so they would beat Ash. Uh, they are back in the race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the moment, they're not playing like a team that's uh, expected to make the playoffs. So I think that's from my perspective. If if they're going to um, get in that conversation, their play has to pick up significantly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any other remarks or stuff you want to add that we didn't didn't point out uh, in in those midseason awards? Is there no, for me? For me, it, it, this is great, and I, I can't wait to uh, to do this again for uh, bef just before the playoffs. You know, I mean, it is always fun having Brian around and now having Bob as well. It's there's it's, it's been a great discussion, in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, this was, uh, we kept it way under two hours already, <laughs> which is good. I think if we edit a little bit out, we can can make this really uh, an episode that is interesting to, to, to listen to for everyone. Uh, what are you talking about? All our episodes are interesting to listen to, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, what, what, what I want to say basically is like these kind of, of discussions or on most of the time not held publicly in, in, in Luxembourg. I mean, it's a too long discussion to put it in a, in a newspaper, let's say mm -hmm. it like this. Uh, and uh, here we had the time, the, the podcast gives us the time to, to really go a little bit deeper into the analysis of, of those teams. And uh, I think this will bring motivation to a few of the people who are not mentioned as high as they think they should. Mm -hmm. They're going to have our photos up on the wall. Yeah, I'm showing you, man. But but I will say this: uh, when you look at the National Two professionals, and there's always this idea that can somebody play in National One that's been playing a long time in National Two? And you look at Dwayne Johnson being um, considered to be the the top uh, JICL player in this discussion, and he played four, maybe five years in Merce, and you had Alfonso McKinney in Bearberg, and people in Dudelange at a certain amount of time was wondering whether or not he was had the potential to move from National 2 to National 1. And he ended up 
uh, moving two years later into the NBA. Uh, I think that everybody needs to realize that these people that are coming in from the outside, uh, it's not about the level that they're at where they're playing, it's what they do when they're there. And if you mm -hmm. give these people an opportunity to play at the highest level in Luxembourg, even if they played in the second division in Luxembourg, it doesn't mean that you can't win with those players. So there, there are multiple examples like this of players from the second league, and that league is sometimes overlooked. Uh, I mean, um, the games that were played between in the playdowns, playups, that gave an opportunity to, for for national one teams to to see those players. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's still r rare that uh, a national one team picks the national two pro to bring him in. I mean, there's all, also the transfer rules that are not favoring this, but I think, and what was also for us, one of, one of the points where we made those choices were to, but you know what you get. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. you better pay a transfer than paying uh, multiple uh, plane right. tickets. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Mm. Okay. Looks like this is a great episode, and it's like what, 11.30 in the evening, so might as well be, uh, we wrap it up and look forward to the next time we four of us get together again for, for another discussion on this one. So, okay, Bob, thank you very much. Coach Brian, thank you very much. So we really appreciate your time here with us, and um, happy Easter. And, um, yeah, this podcast is coming out on Wednesday, so we'll see how – we'll see if we're going to get some, some, some comments on, on, on our picks. Yeah, it's, it's always nice. Much, yes. It's always nice. All right, All right fellas, have a great one. Thanks, yeah, yeah, guys, thank you, thank you, guys. See you, guys. Bye, 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 bye. All right, all right, we're back, and um, that was a very, very good discussion, in my opinion, Chris. What do you think? Yes, I mean uh, that was uh, very interesting to have all these uh, these different voices here uh, giving giving their votes on who are the, the most important players of the first part of the season. I must admit, I'm a bit surprised by the results. I didn't expect it this way, um, but uh, I can live with it. I mean, uh, Dwayne Johnson getting the MVP for the first part of the season. I was not expecting this at all, I, I must admit. Frank Müller was less of a surprise, I would say. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, it will it will be interesting to see how how the season develops and uh, where we stand uh, after the the whole regular season. I mean, uh, Dwayne's not a flashy player at all. You know, he does he does his job, and he does it well. And you know, some point it might not be sexy enough, but he he gets a job done, and he's he's a he's a great leader for your team. And I don't think that for those of us who who watch games on the regular and not just based on stats, you can see the impact that Dwayne has um, on your team and on your league. Um, yeah, Frank, like I, I, I voted basically for Dwayne and for Frank in the first team. Um, so yeah, no surprises there as well. Sticky was a very, very close second. And I think um, towards the end of the season, we're going to see a more spirited race for, for yeah. who the top JICL player is going to be. Okay. Uh, any okay. surprises on exclusions? Um... Hmm. I mean, the most obvious one is uh, as we discussed. I uh, know, oh, no, he was in. He was in the end. We voted him in, Ivan Delgado. Mm -hmm. um, you could say uh, we have no Jekyll uh, player from Valfer. We have uh, only one non-Jekyll player from Valfer in the third team. 
So that's for me the biggest surprise. I mean, they're the leader of the league so far. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would have expected them being ranked higher in the votes, but uh, this maybe shows how how consistent this team is and that there is no one really standing out as an individual. Um, as, as mentioned by, by Bob, Adam Eberhardt, he got basically no, no consideration at all for any of, of the teams. And uh, he's putting up really great, great stats. And he's, he's one of their, their, their leaders uh, at that, in the group of, of Coach Krebs. And um, yeah, so that's my, my surprises, if I would say like that. On the other yeah. hand, another surprise you could also say is being Mike Feipel in the first team. Mm-hmm. Um, as mentioned, uh, uh, Sparta is not competing for the title, uh, and um, being so young still, and he got three votes from three voters being in the first team. That was also a surprise for me. For me, I don't feel like it was a knock on Walford Downs, uh, the team and the players that none of them were voted into the top top 15 um because you guys said it best like they they do it by committee and to have like seven or eight guys that are equally dangerous on on a nightly basis i think it's it's even better as a team for a team effort than just to have just one or two um go-to guys in a team if he, if one or two of these guys get stopped, then you know it's, it's easier for them to maybe lose the game because then the others have to step up, and you don't know if they can step up. But for a team like Walford to have like seven or eight guys who are all at the, let's say all at that that level, um, to be able to be as dangerous as the next guy, then that that's credit to um, credit to the team and their organization and, and Coach Krebs, and it shows, you know, with how how they're leading the league at this point. Yeah. All right, so. Well, this has been a great episode. You know, we have been out for the past three weeks, but it's nice to be able to come back and talk basketball again. All right. So, we good? We're done? Is a wrap? Okay. okay. All right. So, thank you very much, everybody. And, you know, on behalf of Coach Christopher Knight from Arancha Lorachette, um, I'm Coach Nigel Tolentino saying thank you very much and have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye.